Thanks for tuning in to our Monday Night Godcast, an immersive and interactive discussion of the Bible. If you're listening to this right now, then I know for a fact that God has something for you. That's right, you. I'm glad you're here. Let's dive into God's Word and see what He has in store for us today. Welcome, everyone. Right into Acts 3. No, mostly jump right into it. Does anyone remember anything from what we read from Acts chapter 1 and 2? Yes. Or really, Acts 2. What do you guys recall? Um, pretty much Peter saying, hey, Holy Spirit just, just, just descended upon us. Um, the clear signs are right here. Y'all, just, y'all know what just happened to Jesus. And, um, like, this is the time to really devote your life to Christ and to repent and turn away from sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And prior to that, Jesus was taken up in the clouds and ordered them to wait mm-hmm. until the Holy Spirit came. Yep, yep. We had the ascension of Jesus as well. We also have, um, Peter recalling uh, the uh, the prophecy from Joel and David. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's a a good recap of things that have happened so far. The Holy Spirit came, and we had Pentecost, um, and uh, everyone was speaking in different languages from, from what the Holy Spirit gave them the ability to do. And people were thinking that they were drunk, and Peter assured them they're they're not, and um, that it's that's the Holy Spirit giving them these tongues of fire uh, to be able to speak and testify of what the Lord did in, in all these different languages. Um, and then yeah, Peter Peter takes the opportunity while there's a crowd there and um, leads three thousand people to believe, be added to the church, and calls them to repent and. Uh, yeah, and the, the church is essentially starting to be formed here at the end of chapter 2. They start forming a community where they um, join together in teachings and fellowship and sharing meals and prayer. So that's, that, that's the formation of the church. This is um, where Christianity starts, essentially. So, we've had uh, Jesus being ascended in chapter 1. We had the Holy Spirit coming in chapter 2. And Peter preaches to the crowd. We're going to get into um, another miracle going on here in chapter 3. Uh, does anybody want to start with uh, verses 1 through 11? Sure. Go for it. Peter heals a crippled beggar. And once again, this is might have a different translation than mine, just so you all know. Uh, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And a man lame from birth was being carried in. People would lay him daily at the gate of the temple, called the beautiful gate, so that he could ask for alms from those entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them for alms. Peter looked intently at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his intention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Stand up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. Jumping up, he stood and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. 
all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized him as one of as the one who used to sit and ask for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement as what at what had happened to him. Awesome, thank you. What do you guys see? What what just happened here? Disciples are starting to have healing powers, or like the ability to heal people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we see the disciples going out and, and healing others. Jesus wasn't present now at this time, and now the, the disciples are, are doing what Jesus said, and, and going out and healing others. With the Holy Spirit. Yes. <laughs> um, any other observations, or comments, or anything stick out to anyone? Um, this man had faith. For he would sit at the temple pretty much daily and would pretty much expect or almost expect for people to kind of take care of him. And when he looked at Peter, he pretty much said, I, even though he, Peter said, I have no uh, silver or gold, you know, he didn't, the man didn't like, turn away from him or like, shun him. He wanted to hear what he had to say. And you know, keep being around you know the temple at this time, you know, you obviously had to have heard of Jesus Christ. It doesn't directly say that he doesn't have faith, but they would have wrote down if it, you know, this man had shunned to Peter or something like that. So he had to have at least some degree of faith. That's good. I like the way that Peter went about helping the man. And when the man asked him, like, hey, I'm assuming that he's alms or just money, or is it like food and money? I don't, know, I don't know, like, like alms. My translation, my translation just says money. Mine says alms, that's what I was like. Okay, well then, like, asking for money, rather than Peter, like, just saying, okay, here's here's some money, and just going on his day, because he could have just kept going to the temple, gave him his money, gave him exactly what he wanted, and he would have, that man probably would have been happy, but Peter saw a time that could have caused conflict, saying, I'm not going to give you money, but he saw that he could at least help him better, and he gave him that option, and he told him <coughs> now, Rather than giving into what he, the man thought he wanted, Peter gave him what he really needed, which was Jesus Christ. And when he was healed, he did exactly what most people were, have been doing: is when you get healed, they start jumping around and they start praising God, as just like when I'm what um, woman at the well, and the second Jesus encounters someone's life, it's like they have to tell people. Yeah. And the lame man simply wanted to be supported in the condition that he was in. He's just looking for some money. God had something better in mind for him. Jesus wanted to completely change his condition. Not just support him in the condition he's in by giving him money, but to change the condition that he's sitting there in. Good. Anything else? Any other observations? In verse 1, it says at 3 in the afternoon. And I wonder if it's, you know, it's 3 in the afternoon. It's probably just done. So, like, it's. Good. It reminds me of like almost like the childlike joy that that at least I experienced when I like truly was saved. And it's almost a reminder of like even though other things in your life might not be going right, like we can still experience that childlike joy that he is experiencing. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. It's not 
exactly that. It's Jesus. It's not me that's causing someone to get healed. It's Jesus at work in me through my life and my giving. Because I like what you said, Garrett, too, when he says, I don't have silver or gold. How many times do we walk by someone and we don't have money, right? But what I do have, I give you. He gives him, like you said, Jesus. What do we have as believers? The power of prayer. Like, we have that. And always, that's always something that we can give. How many times do we not offer that? And we don't give what we do have. And so I, I really like that because it's like, there's no getting out of it. Like, there's no escape necessarily. Actually, I was just a tiny bunny hole. Bunny trail. Bunny trail. But um, I don't necessarily think that in every circumstance, in every situation, you are the person that's supposed to give in that moment. I think God might call or lead you specifically to specific people um, that need you, and other people are for other people. That's just my personal belief. But like in this case, we always have something to offer regardless in any moment and to be prepared in any circumstance should God call you and lead you to pray and to be there for somebody, we have something to give. Yeah. So to remember that. That's good. Yeah. For for some people to say, you know, as 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 they said here, like I don't have gold and silver to give you. For some people that'd be about the worst thing that could be said to them as as the beggar. You know, begging for money. Hey, can I have some money? Sorry, I don't have any money to give to you. But but it's much much worse. Um, sorry, they feel that the church is in ruins if if someone says that you know I don't have any money to give you. Or that like oh the church isn't helping me if they're not giving me money. But it's much worse if the church never has the spiritual power to say in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. I found this little thing, even in this little blurb it says there's a story perhaps true um, so just take it for what it is about a humble monk walking with a Roman Catholic cardinal at a time in the Middle Ages when the Roman Catholic Church was at its zenith of power prestige and wealth the cardinal pointed out to um, point out the surroundings and said to the monk we no longer have to say we don't have silver and gold the monk replied but neither can you say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Does anyone know what that's saying here? Did that make sense? Sure. Um, there's a story, perhaps true, about a humble monk walking with the Roman Catholic Cardinal at the time of the Middle Ages when the Roman Catholic Church was at its zenith, its top, the highest point in time of its power, prestige, and wealth. The Roman Catholic Cardinal pointed out the surroundings and said to the monk, we no longer have to say silver and gold I do not have, as Peter said here. The monk replied, but neither can you say in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. What's the correlation here? What's going on in this First story? I think is like, there's, I thought he was saying like, he was kind of like, being like hey man, we gotta give our money anymore. If we just say, "Hey, Jesus loves you," you're good, and we don't even have to even like give him any thought. We just say that, and we're off our tail. But it's now, more the opposite. I said, "Now it's the opposite." Yeah. We'll finish wrestling. That's, but uh, I'm just understanding like, but like, why can't they say that? Why neither can they say that now? 
at that point in time. Well, but well, what, what that little blurb was saying is that, you know, the, the, the leader of the Roman Catholic Church at the time was saying, look, like, we no longer have to say what Peter said. Like, sorry, I don't have money to give you. And the monk was correlating, but do you have the Holy Spirit with you? Like, essentially, they had money and wealth and power and prestige and all this, but they lacked the Holy Spirit. Whereas before, Peter had the Holy Spirit but lacked wealth. And the, the monk was making that correlation in that little story. True or not, not really the point, but just correlating... Basically, what good is it to have the money and the power if you don't have the Holy Spirit? Good parable. It's not the church's business in this world to simply take the present condition, to make the present condition more bearable. The task of the church is to release here on earth the redemptive work of God through Christ. And Peter said in verse 4, or actually verse 5, he said, But I'll give to you what I have. What did he have? Money. He didn't have money. He said, I don't have money. But I'll give to you what I have. And what is that? The Holy Spirit. He's giving him the power from the Holy Spirit. I'll give you what I have. Many people want to be able to say, rise up and walk, without having received the power of Jesus to transform their own life. If Peter himself wasn't transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of Jesus, he wouldn't be able to offer that. He doesn't have it. You have to have something in order to offer it. I can't give someone money that I don't have, right? In the same way, if I don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of Christ inside of me, I can't give to you something from Christ, if I don't have him inside of me. And it's funny that, you know, in, in instances like this, it's not just in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, right? Jesus Christ from Nazareth. Or before, this was an insult to Christ during his life on earth. Jesus of Nazareth? What good came from Nazareth? Nothing has ever good come from Nazareth, right? That was an insult before, and now it's being waved like a banner. Jesus. Not just any old Jesus, because Jesus was a common name back then. Jesus of Nazareth. That's a game changer, because there were a lot of Jesuses out there. But now it's, Jesus puts everything. How do you take these mir like the miracles that like miracle that's happening right here? How do you take this miracle and then put it into our own life? Like why do you think specifically? Or like is it that we think that we become too like past or so that we can't see what God's true miracles are? That we think, oh that's just circ circumstance? Well the or, guy could have the guy could have stayed sitting. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm saying the guy could have stayed sitting. What I'm saying is how do you take these miracles and then apply that to something in our life? Because he had to believe. Well, because I'm saying it's like, I'm receiving miracles, 
I am not jumping around in public saying, praise Jesus, praise Jesus, God save me, God praise God, praise God. Why not? You know what I mean? But this guy got, I mean, because like in my mind, I'm going, well, if I was lame and God made my legs stand, I'd be pretty praising God too, but I'm looking at my life like, wait, is he not doing that? You know, and I'm just wondering, like, why, like, did God do this on purpose where he shows you, like, in the Bible, it has all these miracles, like, these types of miracles, but then in our lives, we, we claim to not see these types of miracles, but are we actually, like, what are we, like, I was just wondering if you guys have the same, like, disconnect, almost. When it comes like to like different types of miracles, you mean like yeah, because like in the, like, in the Bible it never yeah. talks about like I don't see like the like the miracles that are happening in like my life as far as like I receive this, this, and this, but in the Bible it talks about literal sight and disease and like lameness being cured. But in our life, you see a different miracle of like maybe a change in heart. Maybe I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But so what's interesting is because um, what's the like I know God did it on purpose, but. I just I think it's cool sometimes just to see different miracles than see well like in my mind I think immediately when I'm reading the word of God, oh well if God did that for me, I would I would definitely be praising too, but then it makes you think on yourself like, is he not doing that already? Or what are, what are you trying to say? You know? God's timing is always something that it's so easy to to pass something off and say, mm-hmm. Oh, it's just a not God. it's just not in God's timing yet if it didn't happen, which at times can be comforting, at times can be honestly kind of annoying, like it's not what someone needs to hear in a certain given time, in a certain time. But if we look at this, God's timing is just as important as his, as his will. Jesus may have walked past this man many times as he walked on earth, going to the temple there. In fact, he probably did. This man is over 40 years old. And he's been, I may have been getting ahead of myself from that number, but it's in there, whether we read that already or not. But this man has been lame since birth. That's what it said in uh, verse 1 or 2. And he's, he's been there all his life, begging, a crippled beggar. Jesus would have walked past him probably on more than one occasion and hadn't healed him. Maybe hadn't even reached out to him. Why? Probably to show that he's not the only one that can heal people. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't his time. Yeah. Like, it looked weird. It wasn't like God's timing. Perhaps in those other occasions, when Jesus walked past him, he's giving the others, he's giving his apostles, his disciples, a chance to heal them. God's timing it was for the greater glory of God that Jesus healed this man from heaven through his apostles than for Jesus himself to have healed him while he was walking the earth. Which we would look at it and be like, Jesus walked past a man in need many times and he never healed him. Perhaps it's because maybe the beggar was only ever asking for money and it was just, I need money, hey, give me some money, just, you know, rattle in the can, you know. Perhaps, perhaps for another reason, maybe just for his own glory to be displayed even greater through someone else mm-hmm. doing it. Or as a different example. So, like, you're talking about not seeing miracles related to your life? Or not seeing the miracles, like... Healing. Like, not... So, like, I would... <clears throat> it was more so, like, playing like a devil's advocate kind of way. Because, like, it's not how I really felt. Because I know I see God's miracles <laughs> in my life. And I really see it. But, like, when I was reading it, 
in my mind, I did feel like when I was reading, I was like, I mean, if I got my heels hit like that, I would do the same thing. So you know I, would, what I mean, but I, I do go out in public, and when I'm at like bars or playing pool or doing whatever I'm doing, either you're at church, I'll bring up God all the time, and I mean that's like, but I'm not like hopping, skipping, shouting from the rooftops about God. You know what I mean? And I don't know if it's exactly how this man's doing it, but well, I was just saying, in my mind, I don't know why my brain. I don't know if God like triggered like triggered my brain in reading it to like thinking mm-hmm. that. But I don't know. I think I just thought to. So I would say you would probably be doing that if something happened to you, like it did to him. Yeah, yeah. Now, like Peter and John, they're not hopping around or anything. Maybe, maybe they are. Maybe but they are. It's not but the other guy is. Yeah. But I would more say like this example is directed to us as like Peter and John. That's us. We're okay. like God's disciples. You know, after them, like mm-hmm. it's our job to practice this. So if you don't have money, you walk out of a Marshalls and someone um, asks for money. Oh, I don't have money, but I can pray for you. And then at that point, if you're practicing that, maybe you do see miracles happen. Maybe you don't. Like, that's that's up to God. Okay. That's how I take, yeah. that, take that story. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have kind of two comments on too. Are you referring to, like, miracles in a physical sense? Of, like, a lot of the miracles we see in the Bible are, like, healing a paralyzed man. Oh, yeah, yes. Like, like, it's always, like, a, like, it's like an immediate snap miracle yeah. in your face right there, then and there. Yeah. But then now it's, like... One part of it is, I don't think you are really exposed to that as much. I see miracles at work all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I see kids that I, I mean, every single member of the team, including myself, was like, there's no way this child is going to survive. And then they're three months later walking out of the unit. Like, that's a... To me, that's a miracle yeah. to shout and joy, like, praise about. And then kind of my other comment from Ben's comment is, like, all of us have a testimony and all of us have a history. And <clears throat> the way, like, it might not always, like, be the best sometimes, but the way God's timing works of, like, my biggest part of my testimony is, like, healing from anorexia. I struggled with anorexia for six plus years before I found Jesus and like why didn't God heal me when I was a junior in high school or a senior in high school or sophomore in college like why didn't I find Jesus sooner we don't always know but like God's timing is God's timing and like yeah those six years really sucked but like once I found Jesus I was like shouting and praising with joy I mean I still do all the time of just like like the like I don't know the word, but I don't think radical is the word, but <laughs> just like the the huge change that happened in my life, like we still like I still shout about it all the time and like yeah 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 like six years is a long time, but God's timing is God's timing, and here we are. So if I could have more comment, kind of building on what you said, what you just said, uh, is that like uh, Jesus probably walked by this man multiple multiple times. And had the opportunity to heal him. But, and then like you said, that, you know, you struggled to interact here for 68 years, and then you found Jesus, and you were healed. So, we all know the story of the, the woman who touched just Jesus' cloth, or a piece of his gown. And it said, like, Jesus could have saved her at any time. She went to seek him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because she had, you know, a bodily ailment, and was just like, if I could just touch, you know, just a little bit. And sometimes, 
and God heals us willingly, and sometimes he wants us to come to him, to really put everything away, you know, take the blind, or, or you know, put the blind, or the television just on God, and if you, if you look, you, you know, come and see, if you look, you shall see, yeah. or if you see, you shall find, and so it could just be a little bit of that, yeah. Not, and that is in God's timing, because he knows that we'll, we'll eventually, if we want to find him, we'll find him, he knows that, and so just sometimes he wants us to be like, hey, let's put away all the distractions, and just... Well, and she did that because she heard of the miracles that Jesus was making. And that's just like us sharing our testimony. You hear about Jesus' miracles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, hey, what's this What's this church thing? You should try it out. It's all great. All great yeah. observations. I, one more. I think if Jesus had healed this person, we might look at it as just like another story. Like, Jesus has powers. Yeah. Like, he yeah. heals. Like, it's just another story. The fact that it's two regular people with no powers and just mm-hmm. faith and mm-hmm. that... It's, that's the difference. Yeah, absolutely. This is with Jesus giving them the authority right before he yeah. sent it. So mm-hmm. giving them the authority to do all this. So I want to look at the actual miracle here a little bit. I want to zoom in here for a little bit. I'm going to read from uh, partway through verse 6. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, <coughs> get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. As he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Who is writing this? Who wrote Acts? Luke was the author of, of Acts. Um, who, what, what was Luke's profession? Anyone recall? He was a doctor, a physician. Yep. So keeping that in mind, from a doctor's perspective, right? Imagine, like, if, if I work in food service, were to recall this account versus, mm-hmm. like, Haley or Kendra, who's a nurse, or Amanda, yeah. like, for a, a nurse to be talking about this, you'd be talking in completely different lingo than I would be. I'd just be like, they were laying down, something happened, and now they're, like, jumping around. <laughs> right? And then they'd be able to be like... There was a uh, fracture on a bone, I don't know, A5, uh, on, the, on the cartilage, had some uh, blah, 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 on the blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And it was circulated, and it was conjectured, I don't know, I'm just making up words, but. And then the ligaments were, were then strengthened, and the, the tendons were then reconnected, and the tissues were realigned, and the bones were, were then straightened, and this and that, and then, you know, they were able to stand up. It's completely different. And so Luke is saying, you know, he didn't get into all that, but he didn't just say he stood up. He said, and this is, again, coming from a doctor, a physician of Luke here, as he did, as, as he, you know, taken by the right hand from Peter, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. Instantly. When can a doctor say that something instantly happened? Ever. Instantly. It doesn't happen. Usually it's put this brace on, 8 to 12 weeks, start taking it easy, maybe another 20 weeks after that, you know, start 
light walking, and another 10 weeks after that, like, get back to your regular activities and things go well. Instantly, a man was crippled for 40 plus years. And now, after, in Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk, that's all it took to now just instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. But then not just walking. Then, walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. That's a pretty powerful account from a doctor. He's giving very specific words, like his feet and ankles. Now, they didn't have all the medical things that we have now to be able to say, oh, you know, all these tendons and all this and this and that, but it was enough for him to be able to point that out. But the fact that he's able to, able to walk, like, how do you yeah. know how to walk? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. here you have it never walked in your life, and then he's like, oh, this is how you do it. Like, just got up and started walking like he yeah. knew what he was doing. That's a, that's a lot of muscle, too. You got to think like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not could in we, use. Could we actually act this out for it? I have two volunteers. <laughs> Zach, who else? I'm being volunteered for And Ian. <laughs> well, Ian, you're already on the ground, so you're being dog. You can be the kitty backup. Zach, you can be Peter. So I'll, I'll be the narrator, okay? I'm just going to narrate, and you guys can act it out. Now, someone has to carry him in first, okay? Unfortunately, I'm not lifting you up. You're standing up. Did you we'll not hear the story? All right, so... Uh, let's see. I'll go back to verse 3. Um, okay, so yes, sure. He was put beside the temple, the one called the, the beautiful gate, so he could beg from people going to the temple. Then he saw Peter and John enter the temple, and he asked them for some money. Uh, some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. Oh, I was, gonna, I was just going to lip sync it. Peter said, Look at us. Look at us. The lame, man, <laughs> the lame man looked eagerly, expecting some money. That's good. That's good. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. I don't have I'll, any silver or gold for you. But I'll give you what I have. But I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. Get up and walk. Get up and walk. Wait. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did... The man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. Watch your head. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, <laughs> and praising God, he went into the temple. Wait, don't forget these last two words. He went into the temple with them. Perfect. Thank you, guys. The gift of Jesus, the gift that Jesus gives us, must be received by us. If we don't receive it, then we don't benefit from it. Strength did not come to the lame man until Peter said, rise up and walk, and not until Peter took him by the hand and lifted him up. This man had to receive it. It wasn't just given to him. It wasn't just bestowed upon him. The man received it. He reached out his hand as well. 
It wasn't just Peter. Peter. It didn't say Peter just lifted him up. He took him by the hand and helped him up. Right? Like Zach didn't pick Ian up. It said Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. So this man had to receive it. He had to reach out his hand and receive it. This man was healed. Sorry. This man was healed once he received and acted in faith. He could have refused to attempt to stand up, saying, I can't stand, I'm crippled. But instead, he extended his hand to Peter and stood up and walked. Walked in faith. And jumped in faith. And leaped in faith. And praised in faith. Here's, here's my hot take on it. Before we can walk in faith, we must first stand in faith. Before we can walk in faith, we must first stand in faith. Which sounds pretty self-explanatory. Like, sounds pretty, like, obvious, right? Like, a, a child learning how to walk for the first time, they had to first learn how to stand. Because what good is it to walk if once you fall down, you can't get that back up? You have to learn how to stand before you can walk. In the same way, you have to know how to walk before you can run and leap and jump, right? You can't be worried about what might happen if you attempt to rise up and fall. Or if you even have the strength to stand. This man wasn't worried about those things. Like, I've never stood up once in my entire life. And you're telling me to just stand up? It wasn't about how much faith he had either. It was about who the faith was in. That's why faith, even the size of a mustard seed, is all that's needed to move mountains. There's a hand stretched out to us, waiting for us to put our hand in. Alright, those last two words of, of verse 8. With that. <coughs> That's why I wanted to make sure to, we didn't skip those last two words. And that was important. I'm glad you guys did that. You guys, you know, joining each other's arms, right? We got on, like, locked arms. Like, he went into the temple with them. He, he entered walking, leaping, and praising God as soon as he was healed. The formerly lame man did those three things. Walk, leaped, and praised God. First, he attached himself to the apostles, entering the temple with them. Then he immediately started to use what God has given him, walking and leaping. And then he began to praise and worship God. Any other thoughts, comments, questions, observations before we move on? Four, it says Peter along with John looked straight at him and said look at us and I think that goes kind of along with what Mickey was talking about like encouraged I do read this as largely this is about not us but this is about the disciples this mm -hmm. is about Jesus's power of the Holy Spirit being given to the disciples and what they are then going to do with it and Jesus, when he walked, 
he looked at people. He recognized people. He made it a point to reach out intentionally to people who touched my rope, right? He was invested in people. And when we look at Peter and John, they could have walked by this man very easily. Mm-hmm. And instead, they told him to look at me. Look at me. How many people have walked by this man over the 40 plus years he's been standing mm-hmm. at the temple? Countless people. Jesus, even. Right? But Peter and John say, look look at us. And it goes along with receiving, right? You're not going to receive from someone who's not, who's not. It's like, here, I'll give you this. But like, I'm not, why am I going to take that for You can't even look at me. Like, there's the idea of making, that's why eye contact is important, right? It's something in society we look for. Making it known that I am here, I'm intentionally listening to you, I am participating in whatever's about to happen, right? I love that, that they tell this man, look at me, and then receive, right? And then we go into everything else we've talked about. Um, And I do, if I could just make a quick comment on Gary's original question with miracles, I think a lot of what we're reading and what we do read, we read healing. We read healings everywhere. Paralysis, crippled, blind, lame, all of these things, right? And I think on in one way, that's a benefit that God gives us to say, I am really real, tangibly, a physical manifestation of my power can be received by you through healing, through healings of disease. And it is happening all around the world. But why don't we talk about it? Because I think in large part, the church even doesn't talk about it because what was for healing was for these people back then. That the Holy Spirit, there's this idea that, well, that was God then. God doesn't really work like that now. He doesn't move like that now. It's the same God. It's the same Spirit. And it's happening all across the country, all across the nation, in every part of the world. It's happening. We don't, in our own limited view sometimes, we don't see it. We don't receive those as even possible. We do limit God to the small things and changes in our life that are still miraculous but even we myself speaking for myself don't necessarily always believe in faith that hey i have a headache it's going to go away if i pray to god or Mm -hmm. i have someone suffering from cancer i'm going to pray but do i pray with the expectation that he's actually going to change it a lot of the times i think for me just speaking personally I might not, and that is a roadblock to belief, to actually seeing the miracles that he 100% did back then come true in our lives today. I think we get in our own ways. Mm-hmm. So we read this and we say, well, God, of course I praise you if I see that. Well, why are, why am I not asking you for it? Why am I not praying expectantly to see you move in those ways? Do I believe that you actually can? Yes, or I say it, but in truth, when I get down to the core of me, am I actually praying with the expectation that it's going to change, that you're going to do something? I don't know. I think that's some of the question we all have to ask ourselves at times. That's great. That was good. And maybe it could be a reflection, too, of, like, what do we need healing most from? Of, like, Mm -hmm. physically, I'm a very healthy person. Right. Mentally, not thriving all the time. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, like, 100%. at least in America as we speak, like, 
yes, our physical health overall is not great, but our mental health is, is worse, way mm-hmm. worse. And, and across the world, maybe their physical health is way worse, and miracles like that are happening across the world where the kids in Africa are playing outside and they're so happy because they get to enjoy their, but their physical health is suffering. And, and that's a different prayer for them or a different healing that they need more than the healing that we might need. And we're going to look at, um, I'm going to, I'm going to read from where I left off of after the, uh, these two guys, but they acted out here. So then leaping, then walking, leaping and praising God, he went to the temple with them. All the people, all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate where they were, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. And he's still, he's still, I think just as you guys did, kind of like locked arms, he's still holding tightly to Peter and John. Perhaps, you know, a little like, ooh, feeling a little overwhelmed, everyone kind of rushing in, or he was just really holding fast to him. Maybe he's still learning how to walk. That too. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alright. Somebody want to finish it off? 12 through the end? I got you. Go for it. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power of godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before God, though he had decided to, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you all, as you can all see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you have acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that he as Messiah would suffer. Repent, then, and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago, through his holy prophets. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days, and you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, Through your offspring, all peoples of earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. Awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So Peter wisely took advantage here of the of the, the gathered crowd, not took advantage of, but like took advantage of the opportunity, uh, made use out of the opportunity. He knew that this miracle in itself, while it was great, it it didn't save anyone, didn't bring anyone to Jesus. It only stirred interest in what was going on so far. So everyone here is amazed and rushing in and seeing what's uh, what's happening. They weren't saved yet, so he's like, let me use this opportunity. <laughs> Gotta bring a sermon going. Uh, bring a sermon on here. So it 
it could have been a good time for a testimony service, right? That he'll the the um, crippled beggar could have given an account of what just happened. But instead, Peter knew what the crowd needed to hear. Even more than the man's experience uh, was the gospel of Jesus that needed to be called, and a, a call to repentance to believe. The healed man didn't know enough yet to share that, so Peter did all the talking here. Peter knew that saving faith didn't come from seeing or hearing about miracles, but rather faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Romans 10, 17. About hearing the word of God. So here he is telling them about what happened, who Jesus is, what he did, giving an account of, of, of the gospel, essentially right here. Kind of lays it into them a little bit. We, we see a little bit of repetition of a similar style of what he did in chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. He, while, again, a great thing just happened, there was a, a showing of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost in chapter 2, right? Everyone's speaking tongues of fire, different languages. People gathered, they heard this noise, they started gathering. Peter's like, there's a crowd, let me tell people. Chapter 3 did a little bit of the same thing right here. In verses uh, 13 through 15, he's saying... This is the same Jesus who you handed over and you rejected before Pilate, even though Pilate's decision was to release him. You rejected his holy, righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses of this fact. He also is... There's some uh, relations here to the Old Testament. In verse 13, it's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant, Jesus, by doing this. There's a lot going on just right there. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Anyone who's read Genesis in the beginning of, you know, you know, of God's chosen people, you'll see God giving his promises to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Jacob, um, and then later being renamed to Israel. God gives each one of them, not just Abraham a promise, but each one of them a promise that there will be a nation from from you, and you, are, you will be my people. And these people are the Israelites that he's talking to right now. So these are their ancestors as well that he's referring to. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he's like, your God, this is the one that your God brought glory to. The servant of the Lord. That's referred to as in Isaiah 42. And then also, I'm going to read one part here from Isaiah 52. you guys um, Isaiah 52 I'm going to read from Isaiah 52 13 through so relevant. I'm going to read part of it here no I'll just start from Isaiah 53 
Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in the dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. See if any of this sounds familiar. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. I mean, this is written many, 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 many years before Jesus. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our wickedness, sorry, weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Now this is speaking here of the Lord's suffering servant. That's how it was referred to as. See, my servant will prosper. He will be highly exalted. That's what Isaiah is prophesying about there, back then. And so he's calling, he's saying those same words, servant of the Lord making that reference to what Isaiah prophesied. Because these people that he's talking to would have known their scriptures. And Peter just said right here, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob brought glory to his servant Jesus. So he's making, he's like really like bringing it home here for these people. Like, hey, you guys know who the, like, there's no excuse for you to not understand that this is from your God, our God, from God, this is the servant Jesus who was foretold from Isaiah. Does anybody in here like conflict, confronting information? Like, anybody? Just out of curiosity. Every once in a while you find somebody. I used to be like that. No. Um, I not. I'm not myself. So, the reason I ask is because, like, I just think, like, just the the guts to say verse 14 and 15 right like mm -hmm. but you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murder to be granted to you okay all right well that's a little bit, a bit aggressive there buddy and you killed the author of life whom god raised from the dead to this we are witnesses and then if you read it in another way and you killed the author of life like oh peter had no fear he's still in business since the job yeah, 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 yeah that's for sure um but like, it's just. Were there other ways to say that? Yeah, maybe. At this point, but he's like, seen enough and had enough. He's like, I'm not taking anything yeah. from anyone. And it's just. Uh, what? Why do you think he was? Maybe, maybe we're viewing it as aggressive, and probably was seen as a little aggressive. But it is a call for repentance. Yeah. And you don't know that you need to repent from something if you don't realize the consequences of what you had previously done. The word repent literally means to turn around. Mm -hmm. So like if you're walking in this direction and you want someone to like, hey, you're about to fall off a cliff, repent! That means turn around. I feel like he had like also like maybe a sense of urgency when he was like mm -hmm. really aggressive like that. Yeah. Because like I know we're on the other side of history, two thousand whatever plus years later. But to him, for all he knew, rapture was coming tomorrow. And you need to like now you need to repent. I ain't playing games right now. Like he had, because for him, he has no idea 
when Jesus Christ is coming back. He, that's what I, that's what I'd be thinking. Or and then like now it's like I find I find myself all the time playing that game. Like eh, maybe I got ten more years in me. Or like you know what I mean? Like maybe the rapture's not coming yet. And you know what I mean? I mean that's like the game. Sometimes we play. Sometimes. Well, so much had happened in the last three years, and he just witnessed the first ever, like, Jew to Jew persecution, mm-hmm. and so I mean, with, to be many more to know, many more to come, mm-hmm. and so there, to him, there literally was no tomorrow. Yeah. Like everything with with, you know, Jesus' ascent that sent the, you know, the absolute, you know, uh, language switch up that happened. Uh, it could have been like last mm-hmm. weekend in the, in this in terms of the Bible. And like and the, everything is happening so quickly that you know there's there's still Pharisees at this time there's still Sadducees at this time like no one's no one's safe mm-hmm. pretty much so he's like we're we're all safe when we're together but you guys you know you guys have been seriously seeing all of this happen in the last three years and yet you still do not believe so like like you said you don't throw all you said you know, the end of days could be tomorrow so if i were him if you were him would you also be like a little aggressive a little, a little, aggressive, a little tweaked mm-hmm. out be like yeah I'm, no could someone read verse 16 just 16 by faith in the name of jesus the man whom you see and know was made and know was made strong it is jesus's name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you often see through what was the man healed? Through Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Through faith. And faith in the name. Yeah. Name. Very interesting. It wasn't just through faith in Jesus. And he said it twice here in this one verse. Yeah. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Brings a question about what's in a name. Through faith in the name of Jesus. That Shakespeare line? What in the name? Oh, dang it. It's Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. I'm a poet and I don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> I could rhyme in time. Oh my. Alright, anyway, sorry, funny trail. I was going somewhere. Bible time. Through faith in the name of Jesus. The and, and if we look back in what Peter said in verse 6. I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. In the name of. Not, Jesus is healing you. No, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. The name. His name alone has power. And a name doesn't just identify or distinguish a person. It expresses the very nature of their being. Hence, the power of the person is present and available in the name of the person. In a very small example of this, a child could come up and say, you know, like, hey, Dad, can I have a cookie? No. But Mom said I can have a cookie. Oh, okay. Well, here you go. Here's a cookie. Well, if, if the mom has said it, then okay, sure. Here you go. And I put it in the workplace. Hey, can you uh, go check on, you know, 
XYZ over there? No, I'm too busy. Boss man said that you need to go check up on them. Alright, I'll go check up on them. Just in the name. In, in the name of your boss. In the name of, right? I'm sure like in the hospital, right? Or, or anywhere. Like. Yeah, I think we should start this. The doctor. I think we should start this. In that doctor's order. Right. <laughs> like, well, yeah. I just said that 20 minutes ago. Right. It's like, yeah. Can uh, go check up on patient in room 213. Nah, I'm, I've got too much going on. Uh, head doctor guy over there said, you gotta go check up on room 213. Alright, I'm going, I'm going. Like, just in their name, there's power. It's not just, you know, who, who's your boss's name? I don't know. Christopher. Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher. I heard what's in that name. I'm sure you're going to be here right now. But, if, to, to just be like, Kendra, go help that person. You might not want to, but Christopher said, go help that person. That pat, that name alone right there carries some weight for you to have some authority saying that you need to go do this. But the name of Jesus holds so much more than just fear of our boss or our parents or so-and-so, right? In the name, the he was healed by, through faith in the name of Jesus, the man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before, he said. Everyone, you all recognize this crippled man. How crippled he was for 40 plus years over here. You've seen him every day. But faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. And uh, a lot of times, you know, a lot of times evangelists or preachers today... They won't ever claim to, to heal in their own power. That they'll still they'll still give that oh Jesus healed them through me, right? But almost as though like to, to try to make it seem that because they're so spiritual or close to God or godly, Peter knew that wasn't the case at all, that it was Jesus and Jesus alone who healed him. Peter isn't even trying to take anything like, I heal this man Jesus healed this man through me, guys. Me. No, he's like, through the name of Jesus, he was healed. And now, if we look at Peter, Peter is over here calling them out, rightfully so. He said in 13 and 14, You rejected this holy righteous one. You killed the author of life. It's the same Jesus that you handed over and rejected before Pilate, and you rejected this holy man. Just all about twice on rejecting Jesus. Well, what did Peter do? Brian. Denied Jesus. He denied him three times. And now we see Peter calling them out on having denying, rejecting Jesus himself themselves. I think that's where verse 17 comes in, right? Because he's like, Hey, I know you did this mm -hmm. out of ignorance, right? As did your rulers, right? As did your bosses. <laughs> um, but what God foretold, and then he goes into the whole story that you've already kind of been into, but like, hey, remember that time that he called this a thousand years ago? Um, all of that just happened, and you participated. Pay attention. Mm -hmm. uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, as, as he did in his first sermon... Um, in chapter 2, Peter calls them, calls the crowd to repent. He told them to turn around in their thinking and actions. 
He spoke boldly about their sin, but he didn't just make them feel bad. That wasn't the goal. The goal was to encourage them to repent and believe. Repentance doesn't describe being sorry. It describes the act of turning around. And as he used it in chapter 2, uh, here we also see Peter making the word repent and making it be of hope. He told them that, that they had done wrong, but that they could turn it around and become right with God. Does anyone else's translation say times of refreshing? Which verse? Yes. Which verse? Four verse. Yes, it does. Verse 19. Mm-hmm. It talks about times of refreshment. I was yeah, wondering if that was like a specific like culture thing in that because I've never heard that before. What happens according to verse 19? What happens when you repent and turn to God? Stray away from the thing that turns that leads you astray. For example, staying like turning away from sin. That's the whole point is changing your ways. Yeah, and it says, um, so that your sins may be wiped away. How awesome to get clean slate by repenting. To get a do over, to get a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, an eight hundred seventy ninth chance. Right, and we mess up. I'm so glad God isn't just the God of second chances. But a lot of time, I need those 859th chances. I need those 14,353rd chances. But man, if we only had two chances or one chance to get it right, we'd all be screwed. And we all might as well just stop trying because. We've got no hope left, but there is hope, and there's hope. And that's what he's. That's what Peter's talking about here. There's hope. Turn around, repent, repent from your sins. You'll be washed of your sins. You'll be wiped away. So he's not just like ringing them, like you guys suck. You guys are the one who sent Jesus to the cross. You guys are the one who denied him. He's like no, like repent and be washed from all your sins. It's a little bit different of a dynamic, but it <clears throat> does remind me of how, like, how important community is of, like, sometimes other people can see your sin or mistakes before you can see them, and, like, not calling them out in a sense of, like, you did something wrong and you're a sinner, but, like, calling them out of, like, hey, this is something I've noticed, like, that you need to go repent and, like, think about it and pray about it, and how important it is to have that community that can see those things. And help you get through. <coughs> Looking at what this man wanted, there's a there's a picture I've seen before um, of. Well, give me one second. I'm sure I can pull up in one second. There's a picture I've seen before of uh, a very simple no, picture, but I think it's that. it's very, very accurate. And this story of what we just read right now is exactly this, mm. right? It's mm. a little a little kid 
holding a, a little teddy bear. Jesus said, just trust me. She said, but I love it, God. And meanwhile, he's got this giant teddy bear right behind him, ready, ready to, to give it to her when she gives up the little thing that she does have. If you look at what this man was asking for, what was he asking for? Money. money. He wanted money. And what was the other thing he wanted? He was just asking for money. He was only asking for money. That's all that's all he had on his mind. Give me money. Do you have any money? Please give me some money. If they gave him what he wanted, okay, it would have helped him a little bit, maybe. But like Jesus knew what he needed, not just what he wanted. My my last thing for you guys. The lame man at the beautiful gate wanted something, but God wanted to give him something much greater. The same was generally true of the Jewish people Peter preached to. They expected the Messiah in a certain way, but God wanted to give them something much greater. They looked for a political and military Messiah, and not so much one to turn every one of you from your iniquities. It shows how important it is for us to expect the right things from God. If we're only expecting from God the things that we want, my the beggar may have just received a few coins to help him temporarily in a situation to just help his condition a little bit. And instead, God had something much greater and said, I'm not just going to help you in this condition. I'm going to change your whole condition. Just like the little kid with the teddy bear. Mm -hmm. yeah, it almost, almost makes us think, like, what's, what's our little teddy bear here in this picture? What's in, in, in the... In the respect of the, the story, what's what's the money? What's the money that we're so single-mindedly focused on getting from God or, or from someone or something? Like, I know I've been there before. Just one, like, only praying for this one thing for so long, and instead, like, there's something so much greater instead in the store. Everyone's like ready to go or just super interested. I'm not really quite sure. <laughs> I have one more like little like comment. And it's not it's just not really like anything like groundbreaking here. But like, who are the people that drop this man off? In my mind, I don't know, it might not dark, but like kinda goes to, like I guess more like the bad side of it, like what if these are like his parents? Like, are like freeloading off their like crippled son. They're like, yeah, they're dropping him up on Sundays. He's gonna get us some money. We'll come back, pick him up. We got some moolah, booze during the week. Come back Sunday, do it again. Like, I feel like that's what he's doing to this guy. And like, now that Peter comes, like, hey man, you can walk. And like, his parents are in the background, like, dude. What are you doing? Why'd you make him walk? <laughs> and like, and like in my mind, just I don't know why this. Like, I don't. I mean, that's just like. Party carriage, bring. I just create movies, and that's the movie that was. I'm like, dude, these parents are losing out on some income. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, well, if that's if that's, if that's their greatest worry, if they mind, lose some income, then then they well, still made off. <laughs> I was like in my brain, I was like, well, maybe that's like why God was also like helping him in this situation. Because like, imagine being that son or that per family member that just gets wheelchaired around, just looking out, and it's like. 
you're just using me to either make yourself look good or... That happens so much. Well, that's what I'm saying. And they, I was, that's what made me think about the so real world and seeing people do that to people. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, God really was, like, there's so many different miracles in this one little, I made your feet ankles work. Yeah, you get to walk, but now you're away from these people. You're doing that. Like, there's nothing to do anymore. That was just another miracle that... Yeah, you can just fill in the blank for your own... Your hey, own there, you, you don't, don't know any background of the guy. Other than if you didn't, we didn't, we didn't touch about him, and I was like, I want to know who these people are. Cause, That's like, a fun What are they thinking right now? Like, <laughs> or, like, is it the same people every week? Or, like, why are they just... Like, what? Mm-hmm. Why are they carrying this the guy The cool right? thing is... Well, because, like, the guy at the pool, you can get the he answer. stayed there his whole life. You can get the answer to that someday. <laughs> someday. And this man, through faith, he believed. And so... We might just see that lane. We might just see that crippled beggar one day. Where his parents? We might just see that crippled beggar one day and have him be like, dude, so I need to know. Who dropped you off every day? What happened to them after you got healed? Who is your Uber every day? Are you annoyed? Are your parents here too? That cost you drop me every time, man? Like to get here every weekend? Fun, fun thoughts. <laughs> so I was out. I just thought of person. Uh, I like it. Well, like you like getting hang out. Gary's gonna like thrive in heaven because every single what if question will have an answer. God's gonna be like, Gary, you know that. You have this many questions today. Like, guys, gonna be like, he's like next year I'm going back to college. Hey, I don't know what questions don't work. Guys, like Gary. I know we literally are outside of time, but slow your questions down. (laughs) (laughs) We literally have all the time. We're outside of time. All more than all the time in the world, but we got plenty of answers for you. Maybe he'll just implant all those answers into your brain. I think it would be more fun talking to each person. We have all the eternity to ask them all. Mm-hmm. I could. I, I want to talk to the lame man who was who was you know couldn't walk for thirty eight years and then had to mm-hmm. you know then like he couldn't make it to the pool of Bethesda and then like finally Jesus came to him and was like, "Do you want to walk?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah <laughs> please." Anyway, that, that'd be kind of a, like a, that, that'd be a fun icebreaker topic of like yeah. if you could talk to and don't say Jesus or like you know talk to God like if you could talk to any character mentioned in the Bible who would you talk to well if you had a, a few people Darkness. you could ask a question to who would you ask alright did you hear what I said then hmm? I said Holy Spirit <laughs> you talk to him right now anyway yeah. cool Alright, let's uh let's pray and then we'll split for a little bit. God, thank you for this uh awesome group here. Thank you for each person, um, for uh making each person being part of this Bible study, making a fun time, an exciting time and um sometimes this, this group is like a box of chocolates. I just never know what what I'm gonna get here. Um and I love chocolate, so I love this group. Um God thank you for each person here for each individual chocolate and um Thank you for the spirit that you put in each one of us. And thank you for this story here. Thank you for being able to, uh, to, to read Luke's account here of what happened with this, with this beggar, with the crippled beggar that you healed. For letting us be able to see the power that's in your name and seeing how powerful that your name is. God, I ask that each one of us go about this week with a different mindset of, of what am I praying for? And instead, asking ourselves, God, what do you have for me? And 
And even if there was no answer to that and it was just you, that to let that be plenty. But God, help us to fix our eyes on you and to what you call us to and uh, to go about knowing and remembering and, and living out the power that you've given us through your name to, to go up to others with boldness like Peter did here to be able to reach out a hand to someone in need and to share your name, to share the power of what's in your name. We ask all this in the name of Jesus. Hey, thanks for listening. It's always a good time when God's presence is with us. I hope you enjoyed it and that you tune in again for the next episode of the Monday Night Godcast.